The Summer of Fury continues here in Burstilled with a recap of Episode 4, Secret Invasion from Disney+. The action and the drama is heating up with just two episodes to go. And also, Episode 4 was very critical. How was it? Let's talk about it. But first... Let us begin. Cheers, everybody. Welcome to Bruce Stilled. I'm your host, Brandon, and for this episode of Bruce Stilled, I'll be recapping Episode 4, Secret Evasion from Disney+. Plus. We are now more than halfway through Secret Evasion on Disney+, Plus, with just two episodes to go to the finale of this amazing limited series featuring Nick Fury in his quest to stop a secret invasion from Scrolls and hostile invasion of planet Earth, all taking place during the Summer of Fury here in the Bruce Stilled podcast. But first, what beer am I pairing for this episode of Bruce Stilled? Well, that beer is called Snake Eyes Hazy IPA from Addy. Brewing Company in Sacramento, California. Founded by retired Army Colonel Mike Conrad in Sacramento, California, Addie's Brewing Company brews a variety of amazing craft beers from their Midtown Sacramento location. And this beer called Stay Snake Eyes is a hazy New England style IPA brewed with a trio of El Dorado, Mosaic, and Simcoe hops. It's full bodied with a soft IPA containing sweet tropical fruit flavors such as pineapple, guava, and passion fruit, making for a very nice summer style beer and for the Summer of Fury. I love the flavor of this beer. I got it in can over at Addie's Brewing Company's tap room during Beer to Go. It has a 6.7 ABV. It's an amazing summer style beer and also an excellent product from Addie's Brewing Company and from the Sacramento craft beer scene. And that beer is called Stay Snake Eyes, New England style hazy IPA from Addie's Brewing Company. Definitely do check it out. So here goes my recap of episode 4 of Secret Evasion from Disney+. Plus. If you have not seen Secret Evasion and you want to watch the show, do not proceed forward, because there will be spoilers. Ready? Well, here we go. The fourth episode of Secret Invasion starts off with a very pleasant surprise in where Gaia, turns out, survived her gunshot from the past episode from Gravik. We thought Gaia died, but it turns out that she survived, because prior to being shot by Gravik, when Gravik wasn't around, and we do get scenes that show how this happened, Gaia did use Gravik's machine in order to become a super scroll by generating abilities that helped her survive her gunshot from Gravik. This is a very good surprise, because Gaia is a really good character. We all love Gaia. She plays a key role in the story, and I definitely do believe that after the events of this episode, she's going to play a critical role for Fury in his quest to stop the secret invasion. So Gaia did survive, and she used Gravik's machine without his knowledge. Now, Gravik thinks that Gaia died, but he's going to be in for major surprise in the next two episodes. But also now, Gaia is indeed a super scroll and one that Fury needs to help stop the secret invasion. The episode then goes back to 2012, just after the events of the very first Avengers movie, after the battle of New York. We're in Paris, where Fury goes to meet Vara in Paris. They have a very nice passionate talk at this bar in Paris. But I also do wonder in this episode, was Vara playing Fury all along, all the way going back to 2012, and probably even in 1995? There definitely are divided feelings in this episode, and also in the scene between Fury and Vara, making me wonder if indeed Vara was also playing Fury all along, without Fury's knowledge. She talks about the Avengers, and says that only one man could assemble the Avengers, meaning Fury, 
Fury. She does give Fury a lot of compliments, which I do believe are meant to assure Fury, but we definitely do that Fury is also a very skeptical guy and suspicious of everyone who's not just in her circle. This also does include Vara. They have a very deep conversation about the meaning of life and also what it means to be beloved. I love this scene actually because it really does show more about the character of Vara and also Fury about Fury's own private life when he's not with S.H.I.E.L.D. and also away from the Avengers. It's a very revealing scene showing a human touch for the MCU and also showing the very rare side of the private life of Nick Fury. We then go back to Vara in the present day in where she's at that church that she was told to go to at the end of the previous episode and just as I thought that voice on the phone for the past episode was indeed Rhodes. Rhodes meets Vara at the church. They talk about Fury and Rhodes tells Vara he wants her to kill Fury confirming that Rhodes is not only against Fury but that Rhodes is also Skrull working with Gravik. I mean when I saw this scene I just wasn't surprised because it was building up to this moment that Rhodes was a Skrull and I was like what the hell is going on here because Rhodes is a great character in the MCU and I do wonder was Rhodes a Skrull all along in the MCU? I'll get to that later but going back to the scene Rhodes has had it with Fury. He tells Vara he tried to get rid of Fury showing a lot of macho nature about Rhodes showing a very different side of Rhodes not to calm collective nature showing a more diabolical side of Rhodes and also more sinister side as well making Rhodes very unlikable as a character but he also wants Vara to kill Fury. Vara does seem hesitant but it does appear that Vara is indeed working with Rhodes and probably even with Gravik because he mentioned Gravik a lot of times in this scene and I do wonder just how far does Rhodes and Vara's working relationship with Gravik go? It's a twist but also not very surprising as well even though I was skeptical about Rhodes being a scroll. but his character nature in this series so far was definitely going into that direction. I was just in denial about the whole thing. I just couldn't see the idea about Rhodes being a scroll. but in this episode we get that confirmation that Rhodes is definitely a scroll. but I'll address more about that later in the observation section after the recap. But also during the conversation, Fury is listening in. He knows they're talking at the church. He has a listening device on Vara, listening to her talk with Rhodes, and Fury now knows that Vara is working against Fury and that Rhodes is indeed a scroll. This further shows he just can't fool Fury. Fury knows that someone's against him and he takes measures to stop that and to confirm that they're indeed against him. But also, Vara does seem hesitant about killing Fury. She tells Rhodes that Fury's broken, that Fury's no longer the guy he was before the events of the blip. Fury listens in and I do wonder, is Vara right about Fury? Is Fury indeed a broken man working on borrowed time? Vara appears to think that way. She tries to tell Rhodes that Fury is indeed a broken man. Make me wonder, was Vara trying to convince Rhodes to spare Fury and not kill Fury? Vara then goes home to her home with Fury. Fury is there waiting for her. Fury knows that she's there to kill him, but Vara doesn't know that because Vara doesn't know that Fury is listening to her talk with Rhodes back at the church. They sit down for coffee and Fury tells Vara that after the life he's had, all the adventures he's had, the decisions and choices he's made, he then calls Vara his greatest mistake. And that's when she knows that he knows what she is up to. He mentions that she's there to kill him with the pistol that was given to her by Gravit. He then asks her how she got her identity, how she became the person that she is now because remember Vara is a Skrull. She had to take up human identity to become who she is. She tells that story to Fury. It's a very unique story actually. A very touching and moving story as well. That she assumed the identity of a dying woman and also became part of that woman's family in order to keep her cover and also she took the identity of someone that she knew who would be effective to infiltrate Fury and let his defenses down. Fury then tells Vara that she was playing the long game on this. Vara then gets very defensive about her answer to Fury about his point that she was playing the long game to get to him. Then suddenly they both raise pistols to each other and fire but they both miss. I do believe they miss intentionally. They weren't out to kill each other in that moment by 
I said fire in separate directions. They both have a sense of humor about it, and Fury warns Vara that they're gonna be coming after her, seeing that she didn't accomplish the mission she was assigned to do by killing Fury. Vara then assures Fury she can take care of herself, and does ask him one final question, if Fury would have loved her for who she really was. Fury says, they'll never know, and walks away. So I definitely do believe that Vara and Fury now are over with, their marriage is over, and they went their separate ways, but will Vara return to help Fury later in the series? That could be a possibility, but I definitely do see no reconciliation between the two of them and their marriage. Fury knows he was played, or getting played, and that's something that doesn't sit well with Fury, and he definitely will not forgive that. There's then a scene with Gravik, and where Gravik announces a new plan in order to start a war between Russia and the United States, which will be done by attacking the President of the United States and his motorcade when he arrives in England. This is another plan of Gravik's to have, in order to unite in war between the United States and Russia. Now, Gravik always has a scheme going on in the series. He had that one in the first episode, also in a past episode, and now in this episode, episode 4, he's planned to attack the President of the United States and blame it on Russia. That there's Gravik's new plan for this episode. And also, Gravik does believe the guy is dead, but he doesn't know that she survived the events of the last episode. You get a scene at a park between Gaia and Talos, and where Gaia tells Talos about what happened in the past episode. Talos is worried about Gaia by telling her that she should not be involved in what's going on right now with the quest to stop Gravik. They then talk about the future of the Skrulls, and where will the Skrulls live after it's all over with. They both have different opinions on this by saying how they want the Skrulls to live after the events of Secret Invasion. Gaia wants the Skrulls to live in her true form, but Talos says it's not that simple. That he doesn't believe the Skrulls and humans can coexist by the Skrulls being in their true self. He wants the Skrulls to stay as humans in order to blend in and to better coexist. But Gaia doesn't see it that way. She wants the Skrulls to live in their true form amongst humans by saying that is a proper way to do so. This definitely does show a big part of the series about identity because Talos and Gaia have different philosophies on how the Skrulls should live and how they should express themselves for who they really are. They both have good intentions, but also separate views on how to go about doing that. We then go back to Colonel Rhodes in his hotel room, and that's where we learn in this scene that Rhodes is indeed a Skrull. We get a Skrull identity confirmation in this episode and in this scene. Not long afterwards, Rhodes learns that Fury tracked him down as he finds Fury in his hotel room with a bottle of bourbon, and also a very good brand as well. Fury is there with a 23-year-old bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, a very good bourbon that if you find it, definitely do check it out. They talk over the bottle of bourbon, and Fury confronts Rhodes by telling Rhodes that he does know that Rhodes is indeed a Skrull. Rhodes, though, does have a trick up his sleeve. He shows Fury a video of the attack on Russia from Episode 1, and also the moment in where Gravik killed Agent Maria Hill under disguise of Nick Fury. He tells Fury he has multiple copies of the video, and also has evidence that he needs to make Fury a fugitive and also go to prison. Fury sees this, and he does know that Rhodes, or at least a Skrull version of Rhodes, does indeed have some leverage over Fury at the moment. Fury leaves, but we do learn, when he gets in the car with Talos, that the bourbon he gave the Rhodes does have a tracking device. Fury and Talos use this to track Rhodes and a presidential motorcade in England, which is planned to be under attack by Gravik. Soon afterwards, the motorcade of presence in is under attack by Gravik and his men, posing as the Russians. Fury and Talos arrive, there's an intense firefight, they then learn that the president is trapped inside a crashed vehicle, they make an attempt to rescue the president, Talos gets shot, and also, he starts a shapeshift into a scrawl form showing that he's indeed dying. Fury takes over the rescue mission of the president, and Fury gets the president out of the car just in time. But unfortunately, in a very shocking way, Talos is killed by Gravik. While Gravik is disguised as a British soldier, Gravik and Fury make eye contact. Fury fires a shot at Gravik. He hits Gravik only to see that Gravik now has enhanced abilities, as the bullet does nothing to phase Gravik. Fury then has a choice to make. Does he try to retreat? 
retrieve Taylor's body or leave with just the president. Furry then chooses, given the circumstances of the situation, to leave Taylor's behind and take the president to safety away from the attack. And that's how the episode ends. So overall, this was a pretty unique episode with a lot of character study and also another surprise at the end that I definitely do think that sadly will be permanent. I think Talos is gone because he doesn't have the super scroll ability that Gaia had, but I'm surprised he got killed off in this episode. I definitely didn't see that coming just like with Maria Hill in episode 1. But also, there is more character study in this episode, particularly with Fury's backstory and his relationship with Vara. For the Rose revelation, that there is also a sort of surprise. There is definitely something off about Rose in this series, and now we got our answer that he's indeed a scroll. But overall, a pretty good episode with just two more left in the series. So here are my questions and observations from episode 4. My first one is, did Vara ever love Fury? I just don't know. I do believe there was something there between Vara and Fury, but we now know she's on a mission to kill Fury and also to infiltrate his network and get to know him more and kill him off at the right moment. Fury did pick up on this, and now the relationship is pretty much over with, and I definitely don't see any chance of reconciliation. But did Vara ever love Fury? I think so. I think she's conflicted with her choice. She definitely vouched for Fury to Rhodes by saying that Fury is a broken man and not the same guy he was after the blip. So I definitely do believe there was a soft spot by Vara for Fury. I definitely think she loved him, but she knew she was also on a mission for Gravik to kill Fury. So she probably had conflicted loyalties for Gravik and for Fury, but what was her true intention and what was her true loyalty? From what I saw so far, I definitely don't think there's conclusive evidence for Vara and how she really felt about Fury. But she was also on a mission and she maintained that mission for several years. So that there could very well be our answer. The other one is, how long was Rhodes a scroll? Now this is a big one because there was always suspicion that Rhodes was a scroll even before the series began. But I do wonder, how long was Rhodes a scroll? I definitely don't think it was for his entire story arc in the MCU. It just doesn't make sense. I think he probably became a scroll just recently, leading to another question that is, where is the real Rhodes? Because in order to be a scroll, you got to take someone's form from a human being. Meaning, Rhodes, the real Rhodes, is probably out there somewhere in the world. But if so, where is he? Because there has to be a real Rhodes somewhere. This is definitely a major question from this episode that definitely needs an answer. And also, we have to remember, Rhodes is going to get his own movie in the MCU, known as Armor Wars. Meaning, the real Rhodes has to be in that movie. We just can't see the scroll version of Rhodes in Armor Wars as the main character. It just wouldn't make sense. So definitely, this is a very tricky situation with Rhodes, at least the fake Rhodes in this series being a scroll, and I do wonder, will we see the real Rhodes in this series because, like I said earlier, to be a scroll, you had to assume someone's identity, and I definitely do believe the real Rhodes is out there somewhere. He's probably kidnapped by the scrolls. that there's most logical answer. But we did get our answer in this episode about why Rhodes was acting so weird in this episode, and that's because he was indeed a scroll. But I do wonder, where is the real Rhodes? We definitely know the scroll Rhodes is working with Gravik, and I also wondered, could it be that Gravik is acting as Rhodes? If so, why did he kill Fury to begin with? So maybe that theory doesn't hold water, but Rhodes, in the series, is working with Gravik, showing that Gravik really does have a very extensive network of resources and people reporting to him in his plot to take over the Earth for the scroll. 
Scrolls. It's definitely very unsettling seeing Rhodes as a Skrull. I definitely hope it wasn't for his entire story arc in the MCU. Because if that's the case, it definitely does leave a dark cloud over the Infinity Saga for the MCU. There's also the introduction to Super Scrolls in this episode. We saw Gravik preview that in the final battle at the very end of the episode by showing the capabilities he now has as a Super Scroll, And also Gaia now has abilities to be a Super Scroll as well. So that was a very cool part of the episode, showing the introduction of the Super Scrolls and just how formidable they are now against Fury, and also the surprise he gave the Fury at the end of the episode. And also do wonder just how many Super Scrolls are there, and how will Fury counteract the Super Scrolls given his own abilities are not super. Nick Fury is not a superhero, he's a super agent, he doesn't have superpowers. So just how will Nick Fury counteract the Super Scrolls? Will he call Captain Marvel? There has been talk about those surprise cameos, and Captain Marvel. Marvel and Nick Fury are very close. They got a strong history together, so I just can't see Nick Fury ignoring calling Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel definitely be willing to help Nick Fury out of this very challenging situation. So I definitely do think there's a possibility that Captain Marvel will be in this series, probably for the finale, because I just don't see how Nick Fury is going to fight the Super Scrolls without having superhuman abilities. There has to be a solution to this, and he needs to find one to find one very quickly, because Gravik isn't messing around. He's determined to take over the world and to stop Nick Fury, who right now is his own main adversary. But also, Gravik, like I mentioned in the last episode, could become his own worst enemy as well. And also, what does Fury do after Talos' death? We also do remember in the last episode that Fury told Talos that he is useless without Talos, and now Talos is dead. What will Fury do now? Well, here's the answer. Fury needs Gaia. Because right now, she's the only person right now who can help Fury in order to stop Gravik from his plan to take over the Earth. Fury needs to reach out to Gaia in some way and inform her about what happened to Talos. It definitely will not go over too well, understandably, but definitely could also inspire and also motivate Gaia to take charge and carry on Talos' legacy through stopping Gravik. So definitely do expect Fury and Gaia to team up to stop Gravik in the final two episodes. From my other observation, the topic of identity and age was a really hot topic in this episode. Identity for the Skrulls in terms of their future and how they should present themselves on Earth, whether in human or their true form, and also for age in terms of Fury. There was that scene where Vara tells Rhodes that Fury is no longer the guy he was, that he hasn't been the same since the blip, and Dolph's age might be catching up to him. Now, Fury has faced a lot of obstacles in this series given his age, while also being up to the task of being that guy to take on Gravik and the rebellious Skrulls. Those two topics really stood out in this episode by being presented by Gaia, Talos, and Fury in their own ways. I really like this topic this episode, the topic of identity and age, and I definitely do believe those two topics will play a key role in the final two episodes of the series. There are just two episodes left to go in Secret Invasion, and I definitely do expect those episodes to be dramatic and also action-packed. But I do wonder, is this Fury's last adventure in the MCU, and does he have a future in the MCU after Secret Invasion? We haven't got the answer yet, but I do wonder if this is indeed Fury's last ride in the MCU. If it is, it definitely is a well-played-out adventure. And until next week, that is where I'll leave it. And that should do it for me on this episode of Burstilled. Please do tell your friends and family about this podcast, and please rate this podcast on your Zard Podcast directory, as feedback is always appreciated. Do stay tuned for my recaps of Secret Evasion with the final two episodes, guest interviews, craft beer coverage, NFL off-season coverage, and other topics of interest. Please do follow this podcast over over on Instagram at Bruce
podcast over on Instagram. Please do enjoy some good craft beer, bourbon, whiskey in the summer months. I'm your host, Brandon. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next time. And until then, be brewed, and be distilled, folks. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>